Hello, my name is Jacqueline Peña, and I am here to have a conversation with you guys. Now, we're going to treat this podcast differently. We are going the unscripted route, which is very new to me because I've never done a podcast, much less one unscripted. So we're going to treat this like a very casual conversation about something that I find interesting. Now, something I find interesting is space settlement or humanity's long living venture and living fully out of Earth's orbit. I like that stuff. So depending on how sane you are, we can take different routes. I say we're going to go about the actual realistic route um, by referencing a very reputable source. So that is the National Space Society's publication of the Roadmap to Space Settlement. I recommend this to anybody who is not wearing a tinfoil hat. But um, so this is a publication that includes different milestones, 31 different milestones to be exact. These are contingent points, um, the most recent publication being in 2019. Um, and these milestones are split up into different parts. So there's six parts. Um, first part, getting out of Earth's orbit. That one kind of makes sense. Starts um, with something we're already currently living so that it's like trying to lower the cost of getting out of Earth. Um, we're seeing that with all the different private companies. It kind of just goes through the idea of pioneering out there and the beginnings of space policy, claiming the land, things like that. Interesting, probably the most fleshed out part of the publication because it's still the most feasible, I guess. Um, and after that, we're going to start looking at part two, which part two is inhabiting lunar space. So that's the point between Earth and the moon. Those are like the really crazy space stations that you see, those super um, big solar power plants that you're going to see out of Earth. Again, still relatively feasible. I say this only because you can probably go click around and say, okay, I want to see this at some point in my life and then dedicate your entire um, effort into working towards that. Still, we're looking at the relatively feasible parts. Now, part three, four, and five, more interesting. Part three to the moon, part four to Mars. These two I'm only bringing up together because they kind of mirror each other. So they both start with their respective first milestone being um, robotic exploration slash robotic confirmation of the landscape. So that is beyond aerial and ground view. We're gonna start checking out where exactly we wanna start building, um, keeping in-situ research utilization in mind. Um, that is in-situation research utilization. So that's like, for example, mapping out all the ice caps because we want to make rocket fuel we have to be self-sustaining things like that so once we've already mapped things out build something i'm only skipping one part which there's like an actual little portion on the mars one the actual little portion on the mars one is like once we already send the robots we have to figure out or fully establish a transportation system between cislunar space and mars because that one's just a little far but that one is skipped on the moon one but after the robots, um, they continue into sort of already building a research facility. Facility, And this one's important because this one's a little where it's kind of fun to click around on the website um, or on the publication because you really don't think about some of these things that they're trying to research, like cooking in one sixth of Earth's gravity on the moon. We like, I thought it was going to be like life support, like recycling, which it is there. It is there, but we're looking a little bit beyond that. Or probably even more beyond that, we have no proof of a full living cycle in one six of Earth's gravity. I probably should have mentioned that one, not the cooking one, but I don't. The cooking one stuck with me. Um, so after the research research facilities, um, we need to fully 
we need to already be being there for a while. Like inhabit the spot for long enough that, and they all end like this. So the moon and the Mars one end with once we've been there for long enough and we're a self-sustaining population, when we know we have a true settlement on these two bodies is when we can start focusing on commercial commercial use of the things around us, basically. Um, I don't know if there's like some politics you could read into that, but that's how we know that we've successfully had a true settlement. Now, the part five of this is when we start looking at something well, it's like titled like asteroid mining and orbital space elements. Now these are O'Neill settlements. Those are the ones where like you see that these space stations are spinning to create artificial gravity. Like those, those space elements. Now we're gonna build those from mining the asteroids. Um, it starts off the same. Like it relatively starts off the same. You're gonna send robotic confirmations as exploration first, so like the satellites to go get samples from these asteroids or round base spectroscopy to check out these asteroids and say we want that one and then we're going to go and we're going to mine it and get really precious metals to build our space settlements now i feel like i dumped i did a really botched version of covering the entire oh part six it ends part six with being a true multi-planetary out of earth's orbits bound um species fully surviving fully self-sustaining focused on commercial use now at this point. Um, that's how we made it out of Earth's clutches. I just did a really botched covering of like the most sane timeline of space development and exploration. Space exploration, space development. Yeah. I did not wear a tinfoil hat or house script. I hope that I convinced you to go research this publication. Thank you for listening.